Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Parliament. I dropped in briefly because I wanted to talk about the misconception of faith. Yes, yes, yes. She said, what are you talking about? I'm talking about how when we feel, we feel like we have to fix ourselves, we have to clean ourselves up to come to Christ. Uh, but the question is, if we needed to fix our own selves, if we need to stop smoking, drinking, fornicating, and doing everything else, if we need to quit sinning before we come to Christ, what do we need Christ for? <laughs> He's already paid for that. He's already redeemed us. Uh, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of Christ in Christ Jesus, right? So we could be put in right standings with God. But we're getting ready to dig a little bit deeper into this. But first, we're going to pray. You guys already know this. So, Father, we just thank you for being together with us, for being in our midst. For you said we're two or three are joined together. Lord God, there you are right there with us. And so, Father, we just thank you for being right there with us in the midst of it, in the thick of it. In Jesus' name, we pray. We ask that you give us revelation, knowledge, Lord God, and that you would draw us. You said no man can come to you except you draw him. And Father God, we just thank you in advance for the souls that will be saved, for the lives that will be changed, and for the people that will be delivered. Father, for you said that you did not come for those that are well, but you came for those that are sick. So Father, we thank you. We call on you today as not just as Jehovah Jireh, but as our healer. Father God, heal the brokenhearted, Father God. And, and we just give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you guys, again, thank you for joining in. This is Arthur Pearly Murmur, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And I want to talk to you about the misconception of faith, how we feel like, I don't know about you, but that was me. I felt like I was not worthy enough to serve the Lord in the state that I was in because I, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, I got to get my life right before I come to church. <laughs> uh, that's the greatest lie the devil ever told. I mean, you know, I have to get my life straight. I can't go up in there. I'm still fornicating with my boyfriend. I'm still, you know, doing this and doing that. But how many of you know that a lot of times we think that it's on our time, but the word of God tells us and teaches us that no man can come to the Father unless he draws them. And so we're thinking really that we can come to God anytime we want, but that's not true. That's not true. We didn't choose him, he chose us. No man can come to the Father except he draws him. Unless he draws him. So when you feel the Spirit of the Lord drawing you, that's when you come to him. John six forty four says, no man can come to the father except the father which has sent me draws him. So no, you, we can't, we, we can't, we can't just get saved when we want to. Yes, we have a part to play, but it's by the drawing of the Holy Spirit that gives you the desire to even want God. It's by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Please forgive the noise there are weed eating. But it's by the drawing of the Holy Spirit that causes us to say, to understand, know, and realize that we even need God. So we can't get saved when we want to. We need to do it when the Lord is calling us, when the Lord is drawing on us. Is the Lord, is the Holy Spirit, is he drawing on you? Is the Holy Spirit 
calling you. The Holy Spirit has, has a worn out for some of your arrest. And you've been filling him. He's been uh, hovering over you. He's been calling you. He's been drawing you. But you won't answer the call. Because like Peter who told the Lord, hey, I'm not worthy. You know, let me leave your presence. You know, in Luke 5 uh, and 11, Luke 5, 4 through 11, where he cast the net and caught all the fish. And the apostle, he, they saw the miracle and he said, let me depart from you for I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to uh, be around you. But how many of you know that that's exactly who Christ came for? He came to seek and save those who are lost. He came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus said, I didn't come for those that are well, I came for those that are sick. So are you sick? We can be spirit. What, what do you mean? I mean, are you spiritually sick? Are you in need of a savior? Are you all dressed up on the outside? but empty on the inside? If so, you're sick. You're miserable on the inside, but you're dressed up on the outside and you look pretty on the outside, but beauty is only skin deep. How many of you know that beauty is only skin deep and it's going to grow, it's going to fade away one day? And what will you have when it's over? What will you have to say when it's all done? I'm talking to you today. Hi, thank you guys for joining in. I'm on my YouTube page also now. Um, I'm talking about the misconception of faith. How the devil has lied to us to try to make us believe that we have to fix ourselves before we can accept Jesus Christ. But if we can fix ourselves, what do we need Jesus for if we can fix ourselves? We cannot save ourselves. Some people have departed from the faith because of guilt and condemnation. Some have departed from the faith. The Bible says that many, um, many have departed from the faith chasing after uh, riches. And they've pierced their souls with many sorrows. And so now the devil is constantly tormenting their mind because they have left from the presence of the Lord. To seek and save, to try to chasten after other gods, chasing after riches. What is it? that you feel like disqualifies you to, uh, from accepting Jesus. I don't know about you. I was telling someone, I was like, well, I go to the building because we're the church, right? But I go to the building because I know I need God, not because I'm perfect. Because sick people, that's where they go. They go to the hospital, right? That's where sick people go, right? When you got it all together. See, some of us won't come to God because we don't see a need for God. <laughs> but I'm telling you, can't nothing give you the peace that you're looking for. No amount of alcohol, no amount of drugs, no amount of, no amount of wine, no amount of champagne, no other men, no amount of mo- money, no amount of things. I'm telling you, because I know I was empty on the outside. I was dressed up on the outside, but I was empty On the inside, looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong people. But it wasn't until I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ that that when he came into my heart, that's when he gave me peace. The real peace that passes all understanding in Christ Jesus. You're not disqualified. Just like the woman 
at the well that had all those men. And Jesus said, the one that you with right now is not even your husband. But it did not disqualify her because that's who Jesus came for. Jesus came for the prostitute. Jesus came for the for the uh, thief, for the burglar. He came for the sinner. We were all sinners. But it was the way Christ proved his love to us is by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. I just came here to tell you that the misconception of faith is when the devil wants to lie to you to make you think that you got to fix yourself before you can come to Christ. Jesus Christ has already made the way for you. He made the way for us. The Bible says it was by one man's disobedience that we were all made sinners. And it was by one man's obedience, talking about Jesus, that we were all made righteous. The way has already been made. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father except he come through me. Excuse me. What is it in your life that you feel like disqualifies you from serving Jesus Christ? Let me tell you this. That sanctification is a process. So don't get discouraged when you fall down. The Bible says that a righteous man will fall seven times, but he'll get back up. Why is it? Because a righteous man, his his spirit has changed and his desire to serve the Lord is sincere. You know, I tell this story. If you guys ever get a chance, um, order my book. It's called Exposing the Devil Devices. It's on Amazon. And in the book, I talk about how I felt like a bipolar Christian because I did not understand the process of renewing my mind. I did not understand the process of sanctification. You know, um, I'm thinking that once you get saved, everything changes, but that's not true. When we accept Jesus Christ, the only thing that changes instantly is our spirit. Our mind has to be renewed. (laughs) Your spirit is willing. Your spirit wants to do the right thing. But the flesh is weak. But how many of you know the one that we feed the most is going to be the strongest? So we don't spend any time reading the word of God and we don't spend any time with God. And all we do is is uh, lust after these after our fleshly things. If all we do is satisfy our flesh and do what our flesh want, the flesh is going to be the strong man. He's going to be the stronger one. Right. So when I accepted Jesus Christ, I felt like a bipolar Christian. Because my spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak. I knew I was learning what the word said, and I wanted to do what the word said, but how to do it, I did not know. I felt like the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans where he says, when I want to do good, evil was always present, right? You know, he talks about the inner conflict, the, the fight between the flesh and the spirit. When you get born again, Your spirit is saved, but your flesh, it fights against God because it's an enmity. The Bible says that the flesh is enmity towards God. It does not want to do what God wants it to do. There is no condemnation. What we have to do is when you fall down, get back up and keep moving towards the Lord. Keep moving. Sanctification is a process and things will begin to, if you'll stick with God, things will begin to change in your life. Things will begin to fall off in your life. You One day you'll wake up and you won't be cussing anymore and you won't even know when it happened. Don't let, don't let uh, nothing stop you from following after the Lord Jesus Christ. Change is a process. Forgiveness is a choice, but change is a process. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to be not conformed to the world, 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I was just reading Luke 5 today. Um, uh, Luke 5, 1 through 11, where it was just a story about when uh, the disciples, Simon Peter and them, they was washing their net and Jesus came up to them and, and he said, let me sit in your boat. And he said in his boat, and long story short, he told Peter, he said, uh, go on and cast your net, move out a little bit deeper and go on and cast your net. So when he moved out and cast his net, he caught all these fish and Peter realized that he was in the, in the presence of the Lord. And he fell down. He said, I'm a, depart from me. Let me depart from you for I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, come on, follow me. I'll make you fishermen of men. And the Bible said they left everything behind to follow Jesus. How many of you know that when you do accept Jesus Christ, we're going to leave some stuff behind. We're going to change some people, places, or things to leave things behind in order to move forward in God. Because if the people you with are not moving towards uh, what you're moving towards, it's going to be a fight. How can two walk together? Amos 3 and 3 asks the question, how can two walk together except they both agree? So when you're trying to go for Christ and the person you're with or the places you go is in conflict with who he is, it's going to bring a conflict inside of you. So the Apostle Paul says in Romans, he says, when I want to do good, evil is always present. You know, he's talking about this inner conflict between the flesh and the spirit. He says, so, oh, wretched man, am I? You know, how can, how can I get out of this dilemma? He said, okay, I got it. He said, it's with my mind I serve the Lord, but it's with my flesh that I, uh, that I serve. You know, it's, it's with my mind I serve the Lord. But outside of that, it's with my flesh that I serve sin. Because my flesh wants to sin. Our flesh wants to do things contrary to who God is. Our flesh is like a spoiled kid. What is the flesh? It's our want and our will. The things any the things that I want that's contrary to who God is, that's the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21. Go down and read that. It says that the works of the flesh is this. Right? And it starts telling... All about the works of the flesh. The devil operates through our flesh. He operates through the works of our flesh. But the fruits of the spirit is patient, love, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. Right? Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21. Go over there and read that. That's where this is what I'm talking about. We want to walk in the spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans said we walk in the spirit. We won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So as we begin to renew our mind to the word of God, that's when we can begin to do the will of God. Because how many of you know that our body is going to do what the mind tell it to? So if we don't renew our mind, we're going to be stuck where we at till we change our mindset. A lot of us are stuck in the past because we won't renew our mind to what God is saying about our future. And so we're stuck thinking about those same things. It's been 10 years, five years, two years, one year, six months, and we're still talking about the same thing because we're stuck where we're at because we won't forgive it and we won't renew our mindset because until we forgive it, guess what? We're going to continue to relive it. It's all about the mind. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about the word of God over the situation. What does the word of God say? That's what we should be saying. We should be saying what God is saying. 
Because the Bible tells us in John 8, 32, that Jesus told his disciples, he said, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is it that the truth sets us free from? What is it that God's truth sets us free from? God's truth sets us free from the devil's lie. I'm doing my podcast also, guys. That's why I'm holding the phone. You guys, join, uh, subscribe to my podcast. It's Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I'm on Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podcast, Google Podcasts, a few other places. Um, so we're going to have to change our mindset to change. We have Romans 12, one and two tell us present our body as a living beloved, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. For this is your reasonable service and be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know that we're, like I said, we, he said, be not conformed, but be ye transformed Romans 12 and two be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to change our mindset to change where we're at. Are you willing to renew your mind? Because we, our body is doing what the mind is telling it to. And as we change our thought life, we can change our everyday life. And I'm talking about renewing our mind to the word of God, renewing our mind to the word of God. And as you begin to renew your mind, because sanctification is a process. You know, yes, you went to church Sunday. Yes, you gave your life to Christ. Or yes, you just got accepted Jesus Christ. But you can't figure it out. Why am I still cussing? Why am I still fussing? Well, you have to get in the word of God and you have to begin to renew your mind. Prayer, praise, worship, surrender. The Bible says in Luke 5, 4 through 11, it says that the apostles, verse 11, I believe it is, he says, they gave up all that they was doing and just to follow after Christ. Would you give it up? Would you give up the places, the people, and the things? Because we cannot remain in the same place and, you know, and do the same thing. Begin to renew your mind to the word of God. Will you surrender? Will you give up your way for God's way? I don't know about you, but I did not get saved to live the same kind of way. Did you get saved to live the same kind of way? Of course not, because if you accepted Jesus Christ for real, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. And what happens is Ezekiel says he took that heart, that stony heart out, and then he gave you a heart of flesh, a tender heart, a heart that's filled with God's desire. He gave you God's heart filled with God's desire. And this is why the Spirit is willing. You want to do what God wants you to do. But we don't know how to do what he's asking us to do, right? Oh, wretched man, am I? So how do we do that? Again, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Go back and read it. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed. In other words, we're not called to live like the world. We're called to live Christ's life, okay? And when we fall down and we mess up, then we get up because the Spirit is always willing. We receive, accept God's forgiveness because he's already forgiven us. And then we continue to press in and move forward. Fellowship is very important. We need to hang out. Uh, um, we need to go to the church. We need to hang out with other believers so we can build ourselves up. You know, um, as, as uh, we begin to uh, chase after God, chase after the things of God, um, our desires have changed. When you accept Jesus Christ, your desires change. 
But if we continue to ignore the call of God when he's calling us and we continue to resist God, every time we say no to God, we resist God. And what happens is it hardens our heart. It hardens our heart. Some of us have been saved 20 years and we're still resisting the call of God. We're still resisting the will of God. We're not doing what God has asked us to do because we think in our mind that This is what I want to do, so this is what God wants to do. But there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. We can't just pick and choose what we want to do, but we got to eat the whole roll. We have to do whatever God says to. It's not about trying to get God to conform to what we want. It's about us being ye transformed by the renewing of our mind and conforming to what God wants. Jesus said, if you continue in my word... You are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So those areas in our lives, every area in our life that we're not walking in the truth is an area in our lives that we're believing a devil's lie. Every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a bondage, a stronghold, selfishness, our own agendas, our own motives, are areas in our lives where we're building, believing a devil's lie. So let's, let me say, so the assignment for this podcast is for us to re- begin to renew our mind to the word of God so we can begin to do the will of God. It's not enough just to know what the Bible says. You can be preaching the word and teaching the word and not know how to do the word. You can be, excuse me, preaching the word, teaching the word and not living the word. It's so important that we become doers of God's word and not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. Are you living by your own agenda? Are you li- look? Go back and look at those plans that you made for your future and all this other stuff and see if they match with who and how God is. Because the only plans God is going to give you is plans that's going to glorify him and lead people to Christ. It's all about souls being saved. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what area of ministry we've been called into. Whether it's the marketplace, forgive the noise, but I'm going to press through this because this is something the Lord has been talking to me about, about the misconceptions of faith. The misconceptions of faith. The lies that the devil has told to make us believe that God, we're not qualified to serve the Lord because of our past. But Jesus said, I didn't come for those as well. I came to seek and save those which are lost. The well does not need a physician. So I want you to, if you're spiritually sick, if you have ran away from the father's house, when we read that story about the prodigal son, how he left the father's house, when we when we noticed that when it was time for him to come back, when he repented, when he came to the end of himself and said, you know what, even the, the servants back home eat better than this. I'm going to return to my father's house to see if he'll let me be a servant. Because why? Because because of the condemnation and the lifestyle he lived, it made him feel like he, he wasn't qualified to go back to be the son. He wasn't qualified to go sit in the position he was in. But God is a God of restoration. He's Our father is a father of grace and mercy. And when the Holy Spirit begins to draw you, when he begins to call you, that's the day that you answer. Now is the day of salvation because the longer you stay away, the more you stray away. And as you begin to lose your desire for God and you begin to lose your fire for God, that's because you're starting to move in the backslidden state. I asked the Lord one time, I said, Lord, what caused us to lose our fire for God and our desires for the things of God? He said, because when you're full of the world, the W-O-R-L-D, 
You're not going to be hungry for the W-O-R-D. You're not going to be hungry for the word. This is why he say, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because when we love the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. Are you in love with the... And so what does he say? When we do what our flesh wants, because that's the works of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, right? These are the things that lead us away from God. That's what happened to Eve when she ate from the tree. Her flesh looked at it and, and desired it in the lust of the flesh. The flesh wanted it. it. The lust of the eyes saw that it was good for food. The lust of the eyes. She considered the benefits of it and said, it will make me wise. The pride of life. She didn't know who she was. And when we don't know who we are, the devil, we don't understand identity. The devil is able to trick us. And to doing things that's contrary to who God is. To try to prove ourselves. To try to make ourselves better. Not knowing that we're already good because God created us. And when he created us, he said that we were good. Our behaviors might not be good, but God is good. Don't confuse what you do as being who you are. We are who God says we are. So we need to spend time finding out who we are in Christ. You guys pick up my book, uh, Understanding Our New Identity in Christ. It's a study guide. It's available, was available online at um, walmart.com. It's not in the store. It's on walmart.com. Understanding our identity in Christ. Also, it's at uh, Amazon and I believe maybe at Barnes and Nobles. I'm not sure. But just just a a Google search. Understanding our new identity in Christ, Burley Martin. Okay. We have to know who we are because until we learn who we are, the devil is able going to, it's going to be, it's a game for him. He's coming to steal the word. He wants to trick us out the truth. And this is why God, Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free from every lie the devil has used to hold us in bondage. Whether every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a bondage or a stronghold is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. Again, I'm talking about the misconception of faith. What is it that makes you believe? What lie has the devil taught? told you to make you believe that God does not love you? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe you cannot come back? If you have backslidden, that you cannot repent and come back to the Lord. Maybe you lost your love for God. Maybe you lost your fire for God. You can be going to the building, going to the church and still not have no fire for God. It's just a routine. You're in the motion. But there's no movement. It's just part of the routine. It's, it's just so I can talk about it and say what I, what they said and say what I did. But at the end of the day, until we're doing what God say, we're not doing what God say. We're doing what we want. There is no condemnation, but it's time. God is getting ready to launch some of you. I heard this word this morning. He's getting ready to launch your mission. Some of you have been sitting on the launching pad for a long time, for years, uh, preparation because see when before the astronauts send the space shuttle into out of space they're they're doing all their groundwork they have to prepare the astronauts make sure the the rocket is prepared there's a lot of preparation that goes on before they actually get to the launching pad but um, a lot of times they only show us when the takeoff they only show us when they're launching the rocket Okay, but there was a lot of preparation that was going on on that launching pad before that rocket was able to launch off. Those astronauts had to be prepared for the mission. 
Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit is ready to launch some of you into your mission. He's, some of you are getting ready to go to new levels. But uh, this is why it's so important that we have character to go with the call. Don't confuse the fact that you can still preach and lay hands and prophesy with being prepared. Because remember, the gifts come from God. We need character to go with the call. We need to be steadfast. So when persecution comes because of the word, not because of us, We'll be able to understand the fight. So when offenses come, we'll not learn how not to take on the offense. Okay? Uh, so we have to be prepared and equipped, understanding and realizing that it's not us. It's not even because of us that the storms of life are coming against us. It's because of him. It's because of him, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we live, move, and we have our being. Let's not become prideful and puff up thinking that we're something when what is it we have that we did not receive? Humility is, is obedience because when we're not obedient to God, we're rebelling against God and we're not, that's not humility. Humility is saying, God, your way is right. My way is wrong. I surrender. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. I'm going to do what you say. And it doesn't matter what my flesh wants. So that's true humility is being obedient to God. Because when we don't do what God say, we're in pride. We're saying, what we're saying is not only are we in rebellion, but we're in pride. We're saying, Lord, I don't care what you want. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do things my way. I have my plan and I need for you to bless my plan because it makes sense to me. But how many of you know that the Holy Spirit, everything that God asks us is contrary to our five senses? It's contrary to what we want. He said, bless those that curse you. Well, that's opposite to what my flesh wants. He said, pray for those that despitefully use you. No, you want to confront them, not pray for them, right? So everything that God is opposite, the flesh is enmity towards God. What our flesh wants is, is, a, is an enemy to what God wants. It's opposite to who Christ is, and it's not the will of the Lord. I don't care. Go look at your plan. Go look at your plan and see if your plan is in line with God's word. Because if your plan is not in line with God's word, then your plan is your plan and it's not God's plan. There's no condemnation. I'm just saying, what is it that's keeping you from coming to the Father's house? If you're backslidden, what is it? He's going to, you know, if we read the story, it says that he was, the Father was there waiting for him. They had the fatted calf ready for him. He had his robe. He gave him, he gave him that ring, gave him his authority, everything. He restored him. God is a God of redemption. He's not waiting. When we, when we fall down, he, just like your child, if your child fall down, you want to hurry up and pick him up. If you hear your child crying, you want to go check on them and see what's going on with them. I know my daughter had an accident and man, I just wanted to just instantly be there. I didn't want to have to drive. I didn't want no traffic. I mean, instantly, I just wanted to be right there. Why? Because when your children cry out for you, you want to answer. And the same way uh, uh, your father has compassion on you is the same way our heavenly father has compassion on his children, the Bible says. Our father, you know, pick up my book, Exposing the Devil Devices Online. Because, you know, as I was writing that book, that's one thing the Lord was saying, listen here, bro. When I'm asking you not to do something, it's because I'm trying to keep you away from something evil. 
something that's going to hurt you, something that's not good for you. You know, because I heard people say stuff. Oh, well, man, when you go, when you accept Christ, you got to stop doing this, that, that, that. I'm telling you, when you accept Christ for real, you're not going to want to do this, that, and that, and that. Because when you accept him for real, your spirit changes and your desire changes. And even though your flesh might still be doing the same thing because your mind hasn't been renewed and you don't understand the process of sanctification, it's so important um, that not just the baby believers, we got grown people been saved 20, 30 years. And the Bible call them carnal-minded believers. Carnal-minded. Because your mind has not been renewed. The carnal mind is enmity to, 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 against God. We go to church, we hear the word, but we don't do the word. Why? It's a carnal mind. The condition of our heart determines how we receive the word of God. The condition of our heart. Our heart is like a fresh pot of soil. If we stay away, we're going to stray away. Stay connected to, to uh, people that's in Christ so you can fellowship. Stay connected to the word. Listen to the word. Listen to worship because we're feeding our spirit. We're feed- God, it's not enough for us just to know what to do. God wants us to do what we know. He said it's better not to know than to know and not follow. He said it's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only. All right? It's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only. If we want peace in our mind, we want to keep our mind stayed on the Lord. He said, bro, what is that and what does that look like? Well, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is meditating on the promises of God. What is God's promise to you? What is God asking you to do? He said, if you need wisdom, come to him and ask him for it. Because how many of you know that our heavenly father wants us to know what the, his will is for our lives? He wants us to know what the will of the Lord is. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're to follow his lifestyle. What did Jesus do? When you don't know what to do, do what Jesus did. <laughs> because his purpose for coming to the earth was to make disciples. We're not called to make churchgoers. Um, we're not called to make to build a building. We're called to build the body. We're called to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. When people, when when people are being made disciples, eventually there should be a launching. Disciples aren't, and then they're supposed to go out and make other disciples. Not uh, not not mentors, people that's going to follow me, but people that's going to follow Christ. Because I promise you, I can't be here every time you call. I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I'm I'm not going to tell you whatever you need. Call me. I'm not going to tell you that because I'm not your everyday need meter. That's the Lord Jesus Christ's job. He said he is Jehovah Jireh. He has promised to supply our every need according to his position to God. I just want you to know that you're not disqualified. The fact that you're still here, no matter what you've done, that the blood of Jesus is, is greater, that the blood of Jesus, it is enough. It's more than enough. The Bible say that he that is forgiven much, loveth much. What has God forgiven you for? Think about his goodness. Think about God's grace. Think about his mercy. It's the goodness of God that draws men unto repentance. It's the goodness. It's not about your goodness. Us being saved had nothing to do with how good we were. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us, and I believe it's Romans, he, um, he proved his love to us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. 
when we were yet sinners. He said, it's, it's by faith, it's by uh, grace, it's faith and grace that we're saved, not by works. It's not by, see, it wasn't because I was a good person that I was, I was saved. It had nothing to do with that because my righteousness outside of Christ was like a filthy rag. So I tell people all the time, why live a good moral life here on earth, a law, being a law-abiding citizen, and when you die, you go to hell simply because you didn't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We can't get to the Father by our own righteousness. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you try to come any other way, you're a thief and a robber. He is the way, and he is the only way. We have to go through the blood of Jesus. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. Have you left the Father's house like the prodigal son? Have you strayed away? You've lost your fire for God. You lost your desire for God. You lost your hunger for the word of God. You don't even want to talk about God anymore, matter of fact. Our conversation is all about the world. What's going on in the world news? Some of us talk more about the world news than we talk about the good news. There's no condemnation. So how do we reignite our fire for God? How do we ignite by delighting ourselves in the Lord? Um, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what does that mean? As we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, our desires will begin to be God's desires because God is not going to fulfill our fleshly desires. This is why I say delight yourself first. Because to take pleasure in, fellowship with him. Jesus said, if you say that you walk in fellowship with me, but yet you still in John, but yet you still walk in darkness, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Hold on, wait a minute. Now, you know, there's no condemnation in any of this. I'm just the messenger. Don't stone me, please. This is what Jesus said. He said, Pearl, if you say that you walk, if you say that you have fellowship with me, but yet you still walk in darkness, then you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Why is he saying this? Boy, Jesus, that's some, that's some cold-blooded stuff right there. Well, what he's saying is because there's no way in order to walk in fellowship with someone, you have to walk in agreement with them. So to think, you can't have fellowship with someone you're not in agreement with, right? You're just going to have a bunch of strife and confusion. How can two walk together? Amos 3 and 3. He asks the question, except they walk, uh, except they both agree. How can, we can't, without agreement, we can't have fellowship. So that's why he's saying that. Because see, to walk in agreement with God is to walk in obedience to God. You see how that's all connected? And to walk in humility with God, we have to walk in obedience to God. Would you, are you willing um, to spend some time with the Lord? And as we begin to spend time with him, things are going to begin to fall off. Things are going to become, your desires will begin to change. Just start with your music. Start listening to some worship music. Start hanging out with him. Rekindle that relationship. And if you don't know him, just reconnect. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So just confess with your mouth. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he died. I believe that he rose. I believe that he's coming back again. And I ask that you save me this day. Or Father, I've repented and I I repent. I, I, I receive your forgiveness. And to repent means to turn around to quit doing what you was doing. Godly sorrow works the repentance under salvation. We have to be sorry to God. Not sorry because we got caught. But we have to be sorry 
to God? Are you sorry to God? Relationship, relationship, relationship. The misconception of faith. If you can, if we are saved and we're living any kind of way, we're backslidden. It's simple as that. If we are, if we are saved and we don't have a desire for the things of God, you're backslidden. Uh, just repent. Begin to renew your mind. Get up from that place. Get up from that place. Get up from the from the pig pen, so you can go back to the king's pen. So you can come back to the Father's house. God is waiting on you. The Holy Spirit has a worn out for your arrest. He is hovering over you. I don't know about you, but when I backslid, his hand was heavy on my head. Because you can't outrun God. He's everywhere. Trying to run from God is like trying to run from the sky. It's everywhere. God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He knew we were going to do what we did before we did it. He knew we were going to say what we said before we said it. He's not caught off guard. You don't have to go fix yourself to serve the Lord. You just need to give yourself to the Lord and begin to renew your mind and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask that you fill the people with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, because that's the power to live right. Come back. Would you come back to the Father's house? It's a lot of us that's backslidden. Yes, they're on Facebook preaching, teaching, doing everything that they do. But when we refuse to do what we know God is telling us to do, is that not rebellion? The Bible said that King Saul didn't do everything God asked him. He did almost everything, but he didn't do everything. That's not enough. Well, King Saul didn't obey. I mean, uh, King Solomon. King Solomon, he did not do everything God had asked him to do, the Bible says. But Saul, we know that in the end, Saul did what he wanted to do. And that was pride. Because when we think we know the plan better than God, that's pride. And the Bible says rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. He did all those other things right, but he didn't do everything right. And so the Bible says that King Solomon did not do, he did not obey the Lord completely. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be my story. I don't want that to be my testimony. But see, God had already told King Solomon, don't intermarry with those other women because they're going to turn your heart to other gods and cause you to serve other gods. But he believed that he was smarter than God. So he did what he wanted to do because he had his own plans. Don't let your plans override God's plan. There is a way that seemed right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Look, take your plan. Look over your plan. Rehearse your plan and then look at the word of God. If you're married, you should be with your spouse. If you're, if you're, um, if you're, whatever it is that you're doing, if it's not in line with what God is saying, then that's not God's plan. If you're married, you're not separate, you're not single. I know the world calls, if you're separated, that you're single, but we don't live by the world standards, we live by the word standard. What does the word of God say? If they're not saved, God said, don't marry them. This is, don't be unequally yoked together with the unbeliever. First Corinthians six. I know sometimes we just want to go about doing things our own way. And we thinking that we're smarter than God. But like I said, I've learned, I have to learn the hard way that when God is telling us not to do something, it's for a reason. There's consequences to our wrong behavior. 
There's consequences. We're not called. To, our opinion is supposed to be God's opinion as believers. And if we don't, if we come, 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 as we encounter these evil times, these last days, God is greater. And even though we're in the midst, the storm is going on around us. It doesn't have to get on the inside of us. I don't know about you. I have peace. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding that really does cover my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. If you begin to feel yourself being anxious, the Bible say be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer or supplications with thanksgiving. Just let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. What is the counsel of God concerning your plan? Take your plan and compare it to God's word. And if it's not in line with what he said, then it's not God's plan. And we're bent on doing things our way. Like King Saul, we too can say, King Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. I'd rather to have your obedience to me than you studying and reading the word for five hours a day. What are we doing if we're not doing what God is asking us to do? There's no condemnation. But what I'm saying is, if we want God to launch us, we don't want to build any towers of Babel. We don't want to, I don't know about you, you can have a good idea and then not be a God idea. Is it a good idea or is it a God idea? Is your idea just a good idea or is it a God idea? Let me tell you when it's a God idea. Whatever we do, Colossians says, in word or deed, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, no matter what area you're called into, whether you're called in the marketplace, in the secular world, or the Christian, you know, uh, ministry platform, or whatever, whatever, as a believer, born again believer, we're always called to exalt the name of Jesus. We're always called to draw people unto Christ and not unto ourselves. Whatever you do in word or deed, Look at your plan. Is your plan, is it meant to, is it glorifying God in any way? When you look at your life, does your life, because we're called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So when people see you, do they see God or do they see you? Are we lifting up Christ? Are we promoting Christ? Are we promoting the kingdom? Or are we promoting our own agenda? Because it can be a good idea, but it not be God. If God is not being exalted, if people are not being drawn to him, then it's not God. I don't care how good it is. We can do a lot of good and it not be God. We can do a lot of good. You'll get your accolades in the earth. You'll get your praise. You'll get your thank you. You know, whatever we do, whether you, if you give someone a, a hamburger, make sure you say, God bless you. Get it in there somewhere. It's not about people thinking that you're good. You want people to know that God is good because they may never see you again. One plant, one water, but God caused the increase. All would never miss out on the opportunity to sow Christ into someone's life. Never miss an opportunity to sow Christ. As believers, we should be always talking and preaching Jesus. I don't care what arena we're called into. At the end of the day, our mission is the same, and that's to lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called to be ambassadors and ministers or reconciliators. And as a born-again believer, if our mission and our motive is not to lead people to Christ, then our mission and our motive is not Jesus Christ. We're called to be the light of the world. We're called to be the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. 
Make sure that whatever arena you're in, that people know that you are an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask God for wisdom. The Bible says that he that winneth souls is wise. At the end of the day, we're all called to win people to Christ. He that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls, one plant, one water, and God calls it to increase. You may be the planter. You may be the water. But at the end, God is going to be the one to bring them in because people can't save people. But he that winneth souls, Proverbs says, is wise. If you want the wisdom of God, Get the heart of God, which is the one to see people saved, set free, and delivered. At the end of the day, I'm telling you, I always have an agenda. I always have a motive. When people call you, you need to understand why they're calling you. When God is putting people into your life, you need to understand why those people are in your life. Because God is a God of purpose. And I don't know about you, I've chose to live on purpose, with a purpose, and for God's purpose. There's nothing else. I didn't get saved to live the same kind of way. Because I'm so fully convinced that my way was the wrong way. I don't want my way anymore. Would you give up your way for God's way? Would you give up your agenda for God's agenda? Because as long as we have our way, as long as we have our agenda, we're not doing what God, we're not doing things God's way. I don't care. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You can pray 10 times a day, but until we do what God say do, he's saying like he said to King Saul. King Saul, obedience is better than say. You need to do what I say do. We want to do what we want and then take it to God and say, here, bless my mess. This is my plan. I'm telling you, the Lord is getting ready to launch some people into the deep, but it's going to be those that are pure in heart. He's not going to launch your agenda. Dead things don't grow. God is not going to promote my agenda. God is not going to promote my idea unless it's God's idea. There's going to be some shifting and some change. And some of us don't want to move with the cloud and we want to continue doing things the same old way. You're going to be left behind. He can't launch you if we don't yield. We must be yielded. He want to launch your mission into the next level. Just like the rocket goes up and they launch it into outer space. When God is ready to do something different, we need to be ready. We need to be flexible. I tell people all the time, we want to be led by the Spirit of God. We're going to have to be flexible. Because we're going to have to understand that we're on His time. He's not on our time. We're on His schedule. He's not on our schedule. I'm getting ready to end it. There's no condemnation. But if you have strayed away from the Father's house, I don't care. You can still be going to the building and be backslidden. You can be singing in the choir and be backslidden. Okay? So let's, let's we bind the spirit of deception. Darwin, we command you to lose your hold off of God's people. You can be teaching and preaching on Facebook and, and be in rebellion. Let's repent. To repent, it's not enough to say, I know that I'm wrong. We have to be willing to repent, to turn away from, completely away from it, and start falling after the Lord. Remember, those who put their trust in the Lord, the Bible say, he will not cause us to be ashamed. Because that's his reputation and that's his name. And God watched over his own word to perform it. Do not be afraid to trust God because that's what it is. I did a podcast to say the sin that lead it to sin. You guys listen to that. What is the sin that lead it to sin? Doubt, unbelief, and fear. That's all it boils down to at the end of the day. And um, it, it doesn't mean you don't love God because you get we get afraid sometimes. It just means sometimes we don't trust God. But the sin that lead it to sin... Is doubt and unbelief. Jesus said it's because of their evil heart of unbelief that the children of Israel cannot enter into the promised land. Go in and listen to that. 
This, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm the main subject on my own life story. So I have to keep a look on myself, look at my life, make sure daily that my lifestyle, that my life is in alignment with what God say. I can't just constantly keep living in sin and saying, okay, Lord, I, one day I'm going to get it right. No, until I do what he say, I'm not doing what he say. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And we're not, we might be fooling people, but we can't fool God. And he's nudging on you and he sent people to talk to you, but you still refuse to repent. So today we repent. We say, Father, forgive us. We repent. Forgive us for not doing what you say. Forgive us for not doing what we know to do. Because you did not create us to do our will. You created us to worship you. You created us to serve you. You created us to do your will. You created us on purpose, with a purpose, for your purpose, to fulfill your purpose in this world. I'm finna end here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day. And if any part of this word has ministered to you, then ask God for wisdom to show you how to do whatever it is that he's asking you to do. Okay? You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Please share this podcast or subscribe to my YouTube page. It's called Gene Martin. Um, follow me there also. If you guys would like to donate to me, it's the Cash App, dollar sign, Pearl E P A R L I E. Jay Martin in that order. You guys be so blessed. Be encouraged. Until next time. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm excited. I'm on the launching pad and I'm waiting for the Lord to launch his mission, not my mission. I'm ready to do whatever he say do. I'm ready for the next level. I'm ready for the next thing. And just know this, that your day is good because God is good. And God who is good is in your day. And that's what makes your day good. Focus on the good in your day. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day. You guys, once again, be so blessed and be encouraged and get ready to be launched. The pure in heart is going to be launched. The pure in heart is going getting ready to be launched. And when the Lord gives you that word to move, like he told Peter, go out a little bit deeper and cast your nets. Some of you want to come up out of some of the places that you've been in. Some of you want to move from some of the people that you've been around so you can launch out into the deep. Some of you have outgrown the people, the place, and the positions. And now it's time to launch out into the deep. Okay? I'm excited about your next. I'm excited about my next. Uh, I'm getting ready to end here. You guys be so blessed. Be encouraged. Until next time.